Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, hello and welcome to HR After Hours podcast, the only HR podcast to have its own Pornhub channel. Hannah Hampton, my sister with an S, Mr. Nominee for AVN's Best Office Scene 2018. How the hell are you today? I'm good. That was uh, that's a classic opener. Good job. That was, and you know, just enough to to really offend some people, and then funny enough where others are just gonna love it. So I feel like Anastasia Beaverhausen, one of our our longtime listeners, is going to love that one. So uh, hats off to you. You know, I would love an email saying how funny we are. And then another one just saying, I can no longer listen to you. You're truly tasteless. You are trash because that's our jam. Yeah. So We're we, not for everyone. Ask we, your doctor if HR After Hours is right for you. We have quite a bit to cover today. We're kind of a little late on this, but we obviously, the way our recording fell, this yeah. is something we would have preferred to address a couple of weeks ago. But I do think it's still worth mentioning because we just uh, discussed Uh Dilbert. Uh And I want to first point out, I had not read a Dilbert strip for years. And this was one of your ideas to cover. And I, I thought at the time, I'm like, this is fantastic. So we did this episode. And then within a, a week, God Adams just shit the bed. A hundred percent. You know, I should have known. My husband always told me that the Dilbert creator was just a, a hot piece of trash, just an awful person. And I'm like, ah, but you know, Dilbert, every now and again, I get a good giggle. But that, oof, he shit the bed 100%. Absolutely. So I think we have two Dilbert strips cited on our social media mm-hmm. that I'm taking down. So I wanted to learn more. But as mm-hmm. I told you earlier, I did not want to click on his YouTube page and give right. him a single click. So I finally got some some real info on this. So this is very interesting because there's actually multiple layers of this story. So his remarks started in response to a Rasmussen polling company report that said 20% of blacks disagree with the statement, it's okay to be white. At first, I was kind of like, well, that's interesting. Hey, why would you pull that and be yeah. what? But then I later found out that Rasmussen has been accused of, of actually being an extremely right-leaning polling organization. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, well, what's the point of that? I understand there's left and right media, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, so they're trying to get in and utilize this data they're compiling. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I mean, that is very problematic in itself. Yep. So they're trash too. They're trash. They're reeling out this info as bait. They're looking for someone. To, oh, yeah. But little did they know that they ended up catching one of their own. It, 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 there's more. So I saw the highlights through someone else, this, his YouTube feed. And on his rant, his response to this polling data, where remember, it's really 20% said that they disagree with the statement, it's okay to be white. Scott, you know, basically loses his cool. Not that he was ever cool. In his rant, He claimed that he has contributed to so many charities that support minorities that he actually started identifying himself as black. He said this. Yes. Okay, I did not know about that. I know. That's why I wanted to go into this as informed as possible. My goodness. And then 
he said because of, you know, that this was the first thing that had really enraged him. And after seeing this information, this polling results, and he kept saying almost half of blacks disagree with the statement, it's okay to be white. Already, he's not good at math. He's not good at math. One, he's, he's really being generous with rounding up from 26% to 50. But then, so he said, the advice he has uh, to white people is to get away from black people because they are a, a hate group. And that he now has decided to start identifying with himself as white. He wasn't even aware of the fact that he was being baited yeah. by basically polling with an agenda, right? That's so what we'll call it. he's good at math and he's not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You think it ends there. Uh, uh, other cartoonists have said that he's not a victim of cancel culture, that he actually has a long history of spewing problematic views. Mm -hmm. In the past, Adams has inaccurately described people who are not vaccinated against COVID as the real winners of the pandemic. Yeah. This is one that really gets me going. He's also questioned the accuracy of the Holocaust death toll. Oh, that's like he, one step above just denying the Holocaust. Come on. Right. And that he's lost multiple job opportunities for being white. I would say not for being white, but for being a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like to drop this term very often, but this combination of all these things to me seems like someone is possibly the second worst n-word of all time he's a fucking nazi this guy is terrible yeah how are your sunday papers going without dilbert in them are you are you getting through it the tough times <laughs> no totally fine it was really funny because uh well not funny but when it first happened they obviously had to fill the spot uh, with an ad. And and so it, it kind of cracked me up that there was this like filler piece in the paper to cover uh, the missing Dilbert. But now the funny pages are back full again. I don't, you know, I can't tell you if they move stuff around and what exactly took its place, but I certainly hope that a more deserving cartoonist has now got their shot uh, to be in, you know, the national paper. So hopefully, you know, this just gives somebody uh, their 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 space. But yeah, it's I don't miss it at all. And Delbert is no longer something, obviously, that I'm I'm looking at. Well, obviously, it's not in the paper, but it's not like I'm seeking out old ones either. So not missed. All good. I think that. They should fill uh, the spaces needed with those by minority artists. And let me tell you, if you need something to cleanse the, the disgusting taste in your mouth, I highly recommend there is a Hulu series called Woke, which is about trials and tribulations of a black comic strip writer that is really? fantastic. I'll add to the list. Thank you for I, I highly recommend it. So I think that's enough time on Mr. Adams. Yep, let's uh, and we're we're never going to speak of that person ever again. Moving forward, we will refer to said gentleman's comic strip as Dildo. <laughs> I love it. I knew you'd get that one. This is something that I told you I caught a glimpse of this in the news. 
And I didn't even read the entire article I forwarded to you. I read a couple lines. I'm like, hey, there may be something for here for us to talk about. Typically, if our listeners don't know this, I think most of them have figured it out. We don't prepare hardly at all. Our prep before our recording is us catching up on each other's lives, yep. you know, talking about our jobs, et cetera, vacations, <laughs> whatever, travel. Yeah. So I, I sent these articles or the one article over to you. I found a couple more and I finally read them. It starts out with what's been called a new TikTok trend called bare minimum Mondays. <laughs> and first off, let me tell you, I was highly disappointed when I clicked on the first link about this and found out it had nothing to do with nudity or porn. <laughs> We have a theme going on today, don't we? Well, I think we do. An unintentional theme. Yeah. Sure it was. <laughs> oh, we, we really worked so hard. We, we planned it. We planned it all. Um, but anyway, this is very interesting. So it's TikToker. I guess that's a thing. Marissa Joe Mays. She's a self-employed TikTok creator and startup founder who's gone viral for doing what she calls bare minimum Mondays. She was in a medical equipment sale. She just was having kind of these panic attacks and mm. she suffered the the Sunday scaries. Yep. Which I never heard that term before you discussed it in one of our episodes. It, you know, and then she was having these panic attacks and she just she was miserable. She burned out in no time. So she thought quitting the job would solve that. She realized that that wasn't the issue. It was that she had been sucked in by what people are calling the hustle culture. Yes. And she also had a perfectionism problem. So she was just approaching work in, in, in this aggressive, hardcore way that was just setting herself up for burnout constantly. Yep. And she said one of the problems and it went with her Sunday scaries was that she'd make an insanely long to-do list for Mondays with the hope of overachieving her way back into feeling good about herself and feeling like she she had things going on paralysis by over analysis yeah and you know and it's the it's the thing about making your job your identity it's just a, an american thing I have to say like it's it's it can be a dangerous or like a slippery slope to tie yourself your identity to to what you're doing and i'm sure that that was a big part of what she was trying to fix or try to make better just every like that perfect storm of of stuff. So what she decided to do was create this day that basically kind of made her feel good about going into her week. Yeah. So she she tries not to take meetings. And you and I when I, we work together. Remember we were just trying to get one day a week where we didn't have any conference calls or meetings and we really tried to get a movement to have one day a week not have any conference calls, it kind of made its way up to the top and was quickly quashed. Mm -hmm. She does a little reading, an hour or two where it's no technology, where she's either journaling or reading, but basically she doesn't check her email. She tries to mm -hmm. take two hours total. That just is something to make her feel good about herself. Yeah. She marks off some time to be creative. And then she'll do her main work tasks for about two hours. Then she'll take a break. So she's basically just creating this plan where she's she's taking breaks she's rewarding herself taking care of herself and it she understands that it's not realistic for everyone sure you know that certain, she, she's not yeah. a parent because you some, don't want your doctor you don't want a doctor's appointment on a monday and your doctor is uh <laughs> doing bare minimum on mondays <laughs> yeah right she's not she's trying to make it very clear this isn't a productivity hack this isn't a way to be more productive it's just a way to take care of yourself yeah. 
yeah, and, and do some real uh, self-care. She's She claims it's radically changed her life, not because of productivity. She's showing self-compassion. Yeah, so, well, she, yeah, she's definitely, she's trying to prevent burnout, the, what she was feeling before, because it sounds like her Sunday scaries were a part of just being burnt out and not looking forward to the work week ahead. And I, I certainly feel like self-care is important. And and again, I agree, it's, this is not something you can do for every job, but a lot of the kind of white collar nine to five job where people are, are salaried employees I'd say like that the productivity and the taking care of yourself, it's kind of an ebb, it ebbs and flows, right? We have weeks where we're crazy busy and uh, just hardcore productive. And then other weeks where you, okay, maybe I'm going to take a little bit extra time at lunch or I'm going to enjoy my coffee uh, while reading the paper or, you know, whatever journaling, whatever it might be. I feel like calling it the bare minimum Mondays, it's, it's, it's like a flashy headline to get people talking about it. And I'm totally okay with that. It's the way that people are looking at work now. One of the articles you shared with me, the CNN article said, you know, America remains the most overworked developed nation in the world. And we could talk about the various things, you know, paid time off is one of them, but productivity per employee has increased by 434% since 19. 50. And email and Slack make it harder to harder than ever to switch off your hours. Here's the piece of it. It said, yet the supposed rewards, like buying a property, are increasingly out of reach. So we've got younger generations who realize they're not going to be able to afford a house at 24 the way that, that their parents or grandparents did. So I'm not against this. I feel like there's something really uh, inherently bad about being a hustle culture, work, work, work until you die. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not okay with it. Life is short and certainly people do deserve to have little moments, even big moments, obviously, but little moments of taking care of yourself. Sorry, there's end rant. <laughs> no, I like it because, and I did read some other articles. She actually has some very good points. She talks about her, you know, a big part of her problem was she was looking at Monday to be her push into the week. And to give her that momentum and that surge, and that often ended up in frustration because you can only control so much. And I've had that happen. I've tried to go in balls on fire on Monday because I was going to have the best week this week. And I have all these, I'm going to work extra hours these two days because I need this week to be my push week. You forget about all the things that you don't control, like mm-hmm. the people getting back to your 300 emails, the things you need to get to the next step. And so you're bombarding sometimes the the other people involved in all these processes and they can't keep up with you. So they end up frustrating you. It's counterproductive because you get mad that you did all this extra, but it didn't increase your momentum because you're still waiting on others. What she did mention yeah. is picking the tasks that need to be accomplished that can be accomplished in a day on your yeah. Monday. So she's not saying just make Monday uh, two hours of law and order and eating bonbons. Yeah, it's not like completely going to the off park. The it's doing these these obtainable goals yeah. in group settings and then rewarding yourself, which is actually something that a lot of self-help programs uh, and even recovery programs have have been telling people to do for years. An example is make your bed every morning. Mm -hmm. 
It takes you five minutes. You've accomplished a complete task. And now, bam, you start your day with an achievement. That little dopamine hit in your brain, right? Like, absolutely. I got something done. Yeah, I, you know, I totally, I get that. Like, I think, you know, and, and I think that, yeah, there's ways you can absolutely incorporate that into your professional your professional life. The way that the four-day work week um, is, I feel like it continues to pick up steam. Uh, you know, I don't want to say this is a way to get, get around a five-day work week, but these are little treats to help you be able to get through that week, uh, the five-day work week, because I do feel that the way that technology works, technology, overall worker productivity, I do feel like you can get just as much done in a shorter amount of time. I feel like there's so much, I'd say rewards that I call it clock watching. Like you got your butt in your seat at 9 a.m. You stay your butt in your seat until 5 p.m. You know, like, look at me, boss, I'm here versus, okay, the work you're actually doing. And I feel like those are two totally different things. The better thing is the quality of work versus like, I've got my ass in my seat when I'm supposed to. When I said there was a little more to this, this is really kind of what shows the generational gaps that you just mentioned in yeah. where we, you and I have had multiple discussions about what we feel the future <laughs> of the workplace should be. But here's what I want to point out. This article is mm-hmm. covering the same topic, and it's actually from ABC News. They start off very aggressive, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, it's ABC News. This is, you know, this is boomer news. But but the the generation gap is so evident in this article, and I'm going to just read part of it, and you'll get what I'm saying. Buzzy catchphrases like, like quiet quitting and great resignation have captured frustration among some employees as the pandemic has upended their workplace routines and called into question work as a lifestyle priority. Now there is a new viral trend Bare minimum Monday. <laughs> Basically, it talks about how Marissa Joe popularized the phrase with a series of posts that criticized angst-filled preparation for the work week and ambition-fueled exhaustion brought about by overactivity on the first of five consecutive work days. Mm-hmm. Instead, this is me reading it straight off their article. Instead, Joe encourages workers to do as little as possible at work on Mondays, restoring their energy and focusing on other interests. Hmm. They clump this in to being part of this post-pandemic kind of revolution. The the end of this article, and this is why I think you like this. So last month's unemployment rate fell to 3.4%, the lowest figure since 1969. Further, as of December, the economy had 11 million job openings in a tight labor market. Workers typically wield greater leverage over an employer since they retain more latitude to seek a job elsewhere, experts say. Meanwhile, some indicators of job dissatisfaction have emerged. And then they start talking about labor unions. So what's crazy about this Mm-hmm. Is they're taking a practice that someone's come up with as a solution to their problem, shared it with others as something that may work for them. She says, mm-hmm. I understand it doesn't. And they're just clumping it into, yeah. oh, it's all going to hell in a handbasket now. You guys don't want to work. And now they're using this as leverage against us. But I just can't believe ABC just comes at it like Grandpa Boomer in his black socks and sandals in the front yard shaking his rake. <laughs> I did see one last quick news blurb on this topic. And one of the newscasters 
was just shaking his head in disgust. And he was he was probably in his 40s. He wasn't real old, 30s or 40s. And he's just like, well, now who are they going to, you know, they've got no one to blame but themselves when someone else in the office gets the promotion and they're just going to make us all look good. And I'm just like, wow, resent much? Yeah, no uh, kidding. But what do you think on that spin? Does that surprise you as much as it did me? Or is that par for the course? I So I have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. And that's not like me doing a weird flex. It's just something I, I enjoy that paper. But sometimes I will look read articles and I'll look at the comments. And they're like, I, of course, given my life being in the HR profession, I read all of the ones about, you know, working from home, returning to the office, this and that. And there are so many comments and I, you know, I hate to say, but I probably chalk it up to, to people who are a little bit older who talk about, well, I paid my dues. I did this. Like the people are just whiny. Blah, blah, blah. I, so it's not surprising that a news or like somebody would pick up that piece of it or spin it that way. But I have to say like, where my mind goes is like, I think about the Jetsons, uh, that cartoon, the Jetsons. And wow, we're talking about another cartoon, but this is animation versus a cartoon strip. But Technology back in like the mid century, they talked about technology and where we were going to be in the year 2000. And it was supposed to help make people's lives easier and better. So you could take more time off. So you could enjoy your family. So you can enjoy life itself. And we have made all of these technological advances, but it's just, it's, you know, and our lives could be better. But because of the way our economy is set up and the way that capitalism is, it's more, more, more pandering to, you know, shareholders. We're, we have all these things in technology that could make our lives a little bit better. We could take more time off. We could enjoy our lives, but it's not working out that way. And to mention, you know, things are, are more expensive, harder to get. The younger folks are not able to purchase homes. So it just feels like our lifestyles, while technology is helping it, it's it's not making it better. If anything, a lot of people's lives are worse. So, I, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. There's always going to be propaganda out there. People will be saying, you need to work harder, 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 because they're the ones who are, are benefiting from the hard work of the regular folks. So I'll, I guess I'll get down off of my soapbox. But <laughs> one last comment. Talking about, you know, and I, I have to bring this up, being somebody who works in human resources, talk about the United States being a place where, you know, we work harder and, you know, we, we work really hard and have this hustle culture. And we're one of very limited uh, number of countries and most of these are oceanic island countries that don't mandate like people requiring to have paid leave paid time off most other countries developed countries have where you have to as a as a company provide paid time off for folks to have a break have a vacation when you're sick we don't have that now some states have passed laws this just happened in the state of illinois Illinois now has a new law that'll take effect next year where companies have to provide 40 hours of paid leave. And, you know, of course, there's people who are excited about it. There's people who are pissed off saying, oh, well, companies can't afford it. But I, sometimes I just I think I'm like, we're the only country who doesn't provide this. So it's clearly places in Europe, in Asia and, you know, in South America and Africa have figured this out. So why can't we? You know, and I, I do feel like we work too hard. And people do deserve time off. People deserve vacations. People deserve to spend time with their families. People deserve to uh, have hobbies. 
people deserve a life worth living. And I'm, I'm stepping off my soapbox. Well, that was quite a soapbox there, Hannah. But no, I, I agree. You and I sometimes joke with our parents about the way we were raised and that being Gen Xers that, you know, it was like just assumed you were going to break a bone at some point. And <laughs> you were going to get tossed from the merry-go-round that your yep. friends were spinning at a ridiculous speed. When we were discussing that earlier, and then we were like, we really got to get recording. What I what I was going to say, and I didn't, is, you know, yes, that's boomer parenting. But our parents, their goal was just to be a little better than their parents were. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, when we stop and look at it that way, that's when we realized, you know, our parents loved us. They didn't mean to ignore us while we were floating away on a raft in the middle of the ocean. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> but my whole point is that then you, when you get older and you – talk to your parents as adults, you do find out that their parents weren't as good as they were typically, mm-hmm. just for different reasons. As you, and it's usually culture, cultural reasons. And then of course we want to do the same things. I, I was thinking of that when you said some of these workers are like, listen, I paid my dues. I had to do this. I had to do that. I've had people ask me why you and I do this podcast because it does have a rather focused and limited audience. And, you know, ultimately, we started this podcast as a way for you and I to have fun and stay in touch when we stop working together because we live several hours apart. But then as this podcast grew and we started kind of developing a mission and and there's going to be some changes in our our marketing and our social media over the next couple of months to reflect this. It just kind of formed in and morphed into this cause really what we want to do ultimately at this point, and we've been fairly repetitious in some of our more recent podcasts, is we want to make the workforce and the workplace and the work environment a little bit better than what we had. Yes, for sure. So that's our ultimate goal. I don't want to say I empathize, but I understand when people are like, well, I had to work 75 hours a week, and that's why I did. Right, yeah. I get it. I get it. You didn't have to, though. You make decisions about what you want to buy and that goes into the the way our economy is set up and which the way it just feeds into the need to work and keep us busy but you have some say but we're trying to get to a point where people can feel comfortable identifying uh, as individuals outside of the workplace and when i find someone like marissa joe mays who comes up with an idea that has worked for her and she's sharing it I don't think that she deserves any backlash for this or, you know, when she gets, ah, uh-huh, that you're just going to make me look better. That's fine. It works for her. It will help people. Yes. It, and some people, it won't work for them. And that's fine. This is about someone who's just sharing something that works for her and her life is better because of it. I, I commend her for that because ultimately yeah. we want people to enjoy lives. And as we've said, and the old cliche is we want people who work to live, not live to work. Yes. And ultimately, what's our mission, Hannah Hampton? <laughs> Put the human back into human resources. That's right. Well, hey, Hannah, I am real excited that we have a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me a little bit and our listeners about our new sponsor, Yogi Raw Life. All right. So Yogi Raw Life is a cork yoga mat company. And the brand was started from their love of yoga and renewable resources. They're here to inspire healthier communities by creating superior quality yoga mats that are socially and environmentally conscious, functional, and fashionable. And they do have a special uh, for HR After Hours listeners. 
10% off by using the coupon code HRYOGI. That's H-R-Y-O-G-I. That's for 10% off your order. And you can order the mats at yogirawlife.com. That's Y-O-G-I-R-A-W-L-I-F-E.com. So Yogi Raw Life for a quality cork yoga mat. Awesome. Well, welcome to the HR After Hours team, Yogi Raw Life. And Hannah, you have a successful day. You too. Thank you.